quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Multifamily debt is a big story going on right now. In fact, there's $682 billion in multifamily loans that are set to mature between 2023, which we've already seen, and 2025. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Welcome back, best ever listeners, to another episode of Passive Investor Tips. I'm your host, Travis Watts. In today's episode, we're doing something a little bit unique. I'm going to cover the 2024 multifamily market update right here on Passive Investor Tips. Now, I know this is more of a current event type of episode versus something that's evergreen that you can go back to year over year and reference. But the reason I wanted to share this with you is not only is it timely information and not only are a lot of our listeners investing in commercial real estate and multifamily and private placements and individual purchases, but I want to show you what metrics and what data I look at to decide whether I'm going to be a heavy investor in a particular year, or if I'm going to be scaling back a little bit. Disclaimers is always never financial advice, not telling you or anyone what to do with your money. So please always seek licensed financial advice when it comes to your own investing. Now, with that top of mind, I am recording this as a PowerPoint presentation. So I recognize that the audio version of this podcast comes out first, and then the videos follow later on YouTube. So if you are listening on audio, I'm going to do my best to articulate what I'm seeing on the screen and what data we're looking at. But if you do just want to wait and watch the video, or if the video is not available, reach out to me, Travis Watts or at Passive Investor Tips on social media, and I'll be happy to send you this recording if it's not publicly available at the time that you're tuning in. Without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and dive into this topic here. And I want to start with some quick data points from the National Apartment Association. And their kind of four bullet recap here is that 3.9% unemployment rate for nearly two years. That's very healthy for the economy. This is in no way, shape, or form a 2008, 9, 10, Great Recession kind of scenario. The economy's really been outperforming a lot of consensus expectations. Multifamily starts are projected to decline this year, anywhere between about 12.8% to 28.4% according to the National Apartment Association, that's really important. That means that fewer developers are gonna be starting new projects and bringing more units to market. So where does that take us in a few years? It brings us back to basically where we were several years ago. They are, by the way, projecting positive rent growth for 24, anywhere between 2.5% to 3.7%, and they expect inflation to be below 3% and stabilizing around 2%, which is the Fed's target by 2025. So that's just a real quick market snapshot. Now I wanna dive in to the details with you. And the first thing I wanna talk about is interest rates. And this is where we've come since March of 22, when the Fed first started increasing rates at one of the most aggressive and rapid cycles that we've seen in U.S. history. They've brought the Fed funds rate to five and a quarter to five and a half in a very short time frame. It started with 
quarter points and half points. It got real aggressive through the summer and fall of 22 at 0.75. And then in the summer of 23, they started to taper down, basically. And then the last few meetings, they've decided to pause. So where does that put us today and what does that mean? Well, the higher rates go in the commercial real estate space, especially the more downward pressure there is on pricing for apartments and self-storage and mobile home parks and assets like this. So where we are today is basically, and hopefully no one has a crystal ball here, but hopefully at the top. So whether you're tuning into the futures market or the FOMC and the Fed themselves or Morningstar or historics, all signs are pointing to we're at the top of this rate hike cycle. So from here, rates taper back down. Now, how much and how quickly is anyone's guess? So what I'm showing you here on the screen are all those different forecasts. But you can see that in a matter of about a year, rates are anticipated to come down anywhere from 100 basis points, 150 basis points, 200 basis points. There's a lot of factors. It's an election year and inflation's about to hit the Fed's target. It's getting really close to it. We're seeing a lot of distress in the commercial real estate space. We're teetering on the edge of recession. So how aggressive and how quickly, nobody knows. But the good news is rates are now factored to come back down. So let's take a look at multifamily rent real quick. Here's one statistic from Statista, and basically we're around $1,700 a month nationwide for residential rent. And Yardi Matrix, here's another metric as of December of 23. We've been hovering around $1,700 a month in rent since the Fed really started aggressively raising rates. So we haven't seen a whole lot of growth. There's been a bit of a stagnation here. But as we look forward, here's a forecast from CoStar. They're projecting that positive rent growth in 24, 25, 26, and 27. So for the foreseeable future, we can anticipate that rents continue to climb in an upward trajectory. Now, I wanted to pull three different sources to further articulate this point. So I pulled CoStar, RealPage, and Yardi Matrix, three major reporting services that report on this data. You can see here in 23, they projected between... 92.5% occupancy rate up to 95% occupancy rate. And nationally, we hovered about 93 to 94. So right in the middle of those projections, pretty accurate. I want to show you that just out of respect to their future projections, they have been historically pretty accurate on this data. And 24, basically occupancy in the same type of range, but more rent growth, and then even more rent growth in 2025 from all three sources. So that's some positive news as we move forward. We're certainly going to talk about the negatives in here as well. And here's CoStar estimating the pricing in the market. In other words, the price per unit on multifamily. So we're right here in the midst of a decline as cap rates are reverting a bit and the market has softened and is continuing to soften. This is usually short-lived as any recession is. When you look at the time frame of bull markets compared to bear markets, bear markets are usually hard, heavy, and very, very short-lived, and then a recovery to follow after. So they're anticipating pricing to level out between 24 and 25 with a much stronger rebound on the back end of that. So I suppose the saying, survive till 25, is still at play. New supply. So we got an all-time high of new supply coming to the market 
throughout 2024. Now, what this is about is developers in 2021 and, and some in 2020, as the market's starting to heat up and multifamily's the name of the game and commercials on fire, everything's on fire, quite frankly. A lot of developers want to jump in and get a piece of the action. Makes sense, right? Unfortunately, the Fed started to raise rates. So a lot of them just pushed through, continued on if they had the means to do so. And so that product type that was started in 2020 and 21 is now hitting the market in 2024. What's important to note is while that's not going to be a positive for pre-existing properties that you're invested in or own throughout 24, it does fall off a cliff starting in 25 and there's fewer and fewer product coming to market. And also construction starts. This is arguably a better metric to consider. How many people are starting new construction today? Well, this is CBRE projecting 70% decline on new construction starts by the quarter two of 2024. So the summer of this year, 70% down compared to the peak in 2022. So what I think about when I see data like this is if I'm going to invest this year into a deal, then where am I going to be sitting in three to five years? And all this data so far is pointing to a very bullish sign in three to five years. It may not be completely bullish in year one, but frankly, when you're doing value add investing and you're buying older properties and fixing them up, the first year is rough anyway, right? You got a lot of people moving out, a lot of construction going on, rent starts to go up, things are changing, and it's not the best year in most cases for these deals. So I'm always trying to look at what's the end game and is it likely that we're going to hit the projections by that time frame? So sales volume, one last metric to consider here, plunged 61.7% year over year. And again, this is people not wanting to take the discount on their properties in hopes that they can get a better valuation in a year or two. And there's a lot of people in that camp. A lot of the deals transacting right now are deals that have to be transacted either by obligation or because they just frankly can't make the numbers work or they're not going to be profitable or they've already been at the end of their business plan and there's some equity in the deal and they're willing to just let it go in today's market and move on. But the majority of folks out there are trying to reset debt and hold properties longer and survive this so-called commercial real estate recession that we're in. Now, here's a base case forecast, and this is from CoStar. This kind of puts all these metrics together in one chart if you're tuning in again on YouTube. Net absorption is how many people are being absorbed into the available units. Net deliveries is how many new units are coming to market. And vacancy, of course, is how vacant are the properties. So what you see here from 2024 moving forward is that we have an excess of net deliveries coming to market as we discussed. The absorption, they're not gonna be fully absorbed for a while until we move into 2025 and beyond. But by 2026, the net absorption is said to be in excess of the net deliveries. What that means is too many people out there needing a place to live and too few of units to choose from. And vacancy pretty much is somewhat stable. It's going to peak a little bit higher than what it is right now and then taper back down to where we see it today. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. A 1031 exchange is one of the greatest tools to build your real estate portfolio. 
But before you sell your next investment property, if you want to save thousands in capital gains taxes, please give our friends at 1031 Pros a call. Whether you're an individual investor, title company, or real estate agent, 1031 Pros is ready to help you or your clients with their 1031 exchange needs. With over 30 years of experience, 1031 Pros specializes in various types of exchanges like delayed, simultaneous, reverse, and improvement exchanges in all 50 states, all while ensuring your transaction is fast, reliable, transparent, and secure. 1031 Pros has handled over 20,000 audit-free exchanges, and right now, best ever listeners can get $250 off any exchange by visiting my1031pros.com slash best ever. That's my1031pros.com slash best ever to get $250 off today. Have you heard that Mint, the popular personal finance app, is shutting down? If you use Mint, that's bad news. The good news is that there's an even better alternative, Monarch Money. Monarch gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with others. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash best ever. Most personal finance apps are clunky and cluttered with ads. Monarch is different. Its intuitive design makes setup, customization, and everyday use simple and easy. Monarch is also the most customizable budgeting app available. You can change your dashboard layout, create custom budgets and notifications, and even invite your partner, accountant, or financial advisor to have a joint view of your finances at no extra cost. Once you try Monarch for yourself, you'll understand why it was named 2024's best budgeting app by the Wall Street Journal. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ever. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash best ever for your extended 30-day free trial. Now, multifamily debt is a big story going on right now. In fact, there's $682 billion in multifamily loans that are set to mature between 2023, which we've already seen, and 2025. The bulk of this debt is going to have to get reset in 2024 this year. So again, this is going to lead a lot of distressed sellers to have to offload their properties. So if you're in a position to be a net buyer or be an investor as an LP, this is your golden opportunity because the deals changing hands are simply going to be because the previous underwriting didn't make sense, didn't work out. So they're having to sell a property, not by choice, but by necessity. And that is your opportunity. Migration trends are super important. If there's probably one metric to look at, it's migration trends, if you only had one metric to look at. And this is a map of the U.S. showing a forecast between 2024 and 2030 of where folks are going to be moving to, according to Moody's Analytics, published by Bercadia. What I highlight on the right, they list the 20 top markets or anticipated top markets and I've been a huge advocate for years on the Sunbelt region. And that doesn't mean I'll always be a Sunbelt investor, but there's a lot of reasons people are moving to the Sunbelt. Those markets continue to shine. Most of my portfolio is in the markets here that I set here on the screen. Dallas, Texas, South Florida, Orlando, Atlanta, Tampa, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, Chapel Hill would be included in that. Jacksonville, Florida. So something to pay attention to is where companies, where jobs are relocating to, and of course, where people. 
are relocating to. This is from the U.S. Census Bureau. And again, they're saying here's the top 10 states by numeric growth from 22 to 23. Texas, number one, Florida, number two, North Carolina, number three, Georgia, number four. Again, I invest heavily in these states. And if you can outperform national averages, then all these metrics we're looking at can be taken with a little grain of salt because hopefully you'll do a little better than what we're talking about here. The strongest absorption, by the way, has come from the South by a long shot. Once again, Dallas-Fort Worth, Atlanta, Raleigh-Durham, Orlando, Jacksonville, and many other markets in the Sunbelt region. That just means that these markets have absorbed the vast majority of people who are moving around. Cost of owning versus renting is always a consideration. And right now we have the best bull case to be made for multifamily since most of us have been alive. And it's that buying a house today and getting a mortgage versus renting is nearly a thousand dollar difference every single month. And that's just the payment alone. We're not even talking about if you are a homeowner, HOAs and property tax and insurance and maintenance and upkeep and furnishings and everything else. We're just simply talking about the baseline number that you have to pay every month. So as I like to say, your mortgage is the minimum you're gonna pay and your rent is the maximum you're gonna pay. So there's a huge bull case to be made for renters today. Cap rates, as we all know, have expanded because the Fed hiked interest rates. So valuations have come down. You can see here office, multifamily, industrial, retail, they all kind of follow the similar trend. Good news is once again, mid 24 moving into 25 these are projected to taper back down once again and be highly competitive once again so if you can hold on to properties or buy properties today and hold them through that period of time there is certainly a bull case to be made a couple lessons from history this is the u.s rent growth from 1940 to 2024 this year and you can see rent doesn't always go up and it doesn't always go up dramatically like we saw in 21 and 22 but if you look at any five-year period, rent has basically been positive in the United States. So we continue to follow that trend today, albeit we're at the lower levels of rent growth projected in 24, but quickly moving to 25 and 26 with more aggressive rent bumps at that time. So food for thought. Since 1978, the first year the MPI data was available, Private equity real estates offered a total return of 9.2% on an annualized basis with 7% of that coming from the income. You can see that here on the chart. This is the government stated inflation. This is the income derived from apartments. And this is the appreciation and the equity upside and the growth of the valuation in these properties. Now, real quick, I wanna talk about value-add business plans, something I've discussed so many times on the show, something I'm so passionate about and also something I've done since day one with nearly every single property I've bought, whether it was single family, multifamily syndications, doesn't matter what asset type, I love value add. We're talking about buying older pre-existing properties that are often outdated. They lack the modern amenities and touches, but they have the potential to increase rents. And that gives you a little buffer in economic times like we see today. So it's really three outcomes if you think about it. If rents continue to move upward organically in the market, you have a good chance of being profitable. But even if rents are stagnant for the entire period that you hold this value add project, you still have a case to be made to make a great profit because you're buying something with below market rents in the first place and you're making it a better place to live and therefore you can lift the rents up to the market level. Now, if rents decline, 
that just depends. How much do they decline? In 2009, 10, 11, Great Recession, we saw multifamily rents dip about 125 per month. So most of the properties that I'm investing in as an investor already have rents that are 200 to 300 below the current market level. So again, it just provides a little bit of a safety buffer versus buying something brand new, high-end, luxury, top-of-the-market product like a Class A. So I'll leave you with this, the problems and the solutions. So the problems right now is that we have a shortage of housing. Depending on the metrics you look at, anywhere from 3 million to 6 million homes behind in this country. And again, the starts are not starting. So it's just going to push us further behind in terms of this problem. And we need about 4.3 million units to catch up by 2035 to fix the supply demand imbalance, which is not projected to happen. Nowhere even close to that. And mortgage payments have more than doubled over the last few years. I think we're all aware of that. It's just made home ownership that much more unaffordable. And again, there's that slide showing you average rents, average mortgage payment, and about a thousand a month gap. Home prices remain elevated. So despite what the Fed has done, most people have 15, 30-year mortgages and people are just holding on to their properties right now. So properties continue to climb. So that's going to force so many people and already is and already has into renting apartments, if nothing else, in the mid to intermediate term. So what's the solution? Value-add business plans, as we discussed, affordability. I like Class B, which is not the highest-end product. It's not the lowest-end product. It's right there in the middle with middle-class families and middle-income America. Where are people at in times of recession? They need to scale back. They need to save, and they need more affordable solutions. And then last but not least, buy the dip. We've been buying properties for the last year, year and a half at about 20, 25% off compared to previous pricing in 21 and in some cases in 2020 and early 22. So this really is that limited window, as you can see by the projections. Again, huge bull case to be made if you're getting in the market right now to become an investor and you've got a three to five year horizon to look at. All signs are pointing to a much better market environment at that time frame. So you guys, I'm Travis Watts. As you know, reach out at Passive Investor Tips. There's my cell phone number if you want to text or call. Happy to have a conversation with you. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I know this is a longer than expected episode. Hopefully it was valuable. And if you have any questions, happy to be a resource. You're listening to Passive Investor Tips right here at Best Ever. Have a best ever week, everyone, and we'll see you in the next episode. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.